welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy Y. I'm Hardy Y. Join me now, won't you? As we help one another, as we lift one another up. I lift you up, you lift me up, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, we're flying in the clouds, and then you forget to lift me up, and I plunge down to earth. No, you won't forget, will you? Will you forget? Are you going to forget? Well, I haven't forgotten. I'm going to lift you up. I have become convinced that the neighbor's dog can circular breathe like Rossan Roland Kirk, because it doesn't sound like it's taking in any air, really. It's just recirculating it and barking, barking constantly with really no break. And I'm amazed at this. And I, I think that the dog is actually very, very talented or it's automated. That's another thing. I never know nowadays whether I'm hearing a real dog or a robot dog. A lot of people will put an artificial dog in their yard, not to deter burglars, but to just undermine the mental health of their neighbors. Why would you want to do this? It's subtle competition. Oh, I'm not here to do that with you. I don't have much sense for competition or business sense. When I was young, my father came to me and he said, it is time now that I give you the business. And I said, don't, don't do that. He goes, yep, it's time to give you the business. And I said, don't give me the business. See, I thought that uh, that meant to fool someone because it was an expression in my time. But my father was saying, I'm going to give you our family business. And he ended up not because I said, please, I begged him not to. So I wish we had really been on the same page. And the funny thing, we are on the same page in the family genealogy because it's so long that I'm jammed on there with a page with a bunch of other, with cousins and people I don't even see or like. I'm coming to you now, my friends, through the safety and comfort of the radio. Why do you say that? Because the radio is, look at it, it's a tiny little safe place, like a little room or a little house. You might say, now, Hardy, I don't have that type of radio. You're talking about one that looks like the window of a cathedral or something that's shaped like that. And if it was the Flintstones, there'd be a bird inside going, ah, this is the news, something like that. He flies and goes and gets it and brings back. He's not making it up, the bird on the Flintstones. I think he's relaying a message. It still works the same way as conventional. We say conventional radio, but that's just because it's of our time. We're used to electrifying things now. Well, I am safe in this tiny little radio. Oh, I feel secure in here. It's cozy. It's like a little room. A little. If I was an international criminal, I would feel completely safe and secure here in my little hidey hole radio. I want you to do a mental exercise, though. Imagine a really little cozy room that makes you feel safe. I don't know. Not uh, Van Gogh's room. I'm I'm seeing Van Gogh's room at Arles that he painted. Don't do that because I think it's fraught. And that room might be full of just psychic bad energy. Also, I'm told, I've done a little research on, on, uh, on Van Gogh, and I think he had an odor. I mean, there's a lot of people didn't like him. and said, oh, he was tortured soul. He was really, really, really unlikable for a lot of reasons. That's why people didn't like him. So just keep that in mind. It doesn't make him any less tragic. Uh, but that's a curse, too. You know what that's like if you've gone to parties and you go, uh-oh, maybe I'm not. Am I not naturally charming? I thought I was. Maybe my family was right. I thought, oh, my family's so awful the way they speak to me. They're probably just trying to help. Shouldn't you bathe? Things like that. Yes, you're right. I should bathe. If you, that's why I'm not interesting, so I try to just stay clean. And I think that'll make up for a little bit. Boy, if you're boring and you say, and oh, you're, your garments are a bit stale, my friend. But if you can do that, if you can smell, and it's easy, it's cheap to smell nice. You don't have to, uh, you don't even need soap, do you? I don't know. Rub, go out in your yard, go in your neighborhood now if you live in suburbia, even if you don't. If you live in the city, you can do this. And, walk, and the first time you see flowers that you think you can get away with uh, grabbing and stealing, rub them under your arm, rub them vigorously under your arm. 
hopefully they won't be toxic or anything or won't, you know, not, don't do it with just leaves. Make sure it's flowers. Put them under there. Good. If it's a rose, don't put the thorn under there unless you like that little, oh, I like that. Just that little pain keeps me alert. Sometimes I'll do that. I'll put, you put a, um, a tiny um, sweet gum tree thing with those little points on it. Put that under your armpit and on a long car trip and then just squeeze it. If you feel like you're falling asleep, you do that. Or, uh, or I guess that's not good to keep from falling asleep. Don't, don't torture yourself or anything. Maybe you'd get used to it. So yes, I'd come, look at my, what's wrong with your thigh? It's got, well, I've been taking an ice pick to it because I had a long drive. Don't do that. Just get some rest. And, and, and stimulants won't help either. Maybe a good radio show. Oh, I'll tell you a story and that'll keep you occupied for the next hour. So how am I going to get to this next hour? Oh, I can't wait to get to Cleveland. And you say, well, hang on. We're going to get there. But all you have to do is sort of concentrate on this story and lose yourself, but don't lose yourself so much that you're not able to rage against the truck that just cut you off. I want you to stay engaged. How do we, how do we stay engaged in the present, Hardy, and yet still project ourselves in the future enough that we can make decisions? So I'm going to explain to you decision theory by dummies. You say, isn't it supposed to be four dummies? Well, here's the problem. I'm not really a philosopher. Or am I very good at math? So this is really decision theory by dummies for bright people, well-educated people. I have this unique relationship where I, am, I speak to people. See, a lot of gifted, bright people are so tired of hearing other intelligent people that say, I just want to relax and listen to a, an, a, an idiot, a sweet one, though. Not, they don't want to listen to a hostile idiot. There's plenty of those. Boy, the market is covered there. If you are a cruel idiot, you wait in line. It's like being a voiceover actor, a voice actor. You can't, how am I going to get work? The market is glutted. It's glutted with gloated glute. How do I even get heard? So uh, I say, well, hey, I will be uh, a sort of benevolent Idiot might be too strong. That might be giving giving myself too much credit. You're not as dumb as you think you are. Oh, is everything about myself uh, image inaccurate? Am I unable to see myself? That's the hard part. And that I guess because you'd like extremes are nice. So you say, oh, I know I'm not the smartest person. Hey, maybe I'm the dumbest. Maybe I can get. No, you can't even win that award. You're somewhere in the solid middle. Let me explain to you the difference between randomness and chaos. And um, what I'll be using are statistics, uh, probability, really. And this is how I will explain it to you. I have been discussing this for 10 years. So if you do not see the patterns within the chaos, how do we see patterns within chaos? Well, we sample the chaos. This is what I've discovered about witnessing people. I have a time machine. You have a time machine. You don't know you have a time machine. And the reason you don't know is because you're probably um, sane. And, uh, but here's, here's what I've found out. The future is a lot more predictable than what we acknowledge uh, even though it seems chaotic, it is predictable. That's why you can see your friend's mistakes coming a mile away, but maybe not your own. And that is because we have a willing blindness when making decisions. Because it's no fun to know the outcome, and we may deprive ourselves of conflict. Now, why do we like conflict? Ask Captain Kirk, because he went to a planet without conflict, and he was agitated. He got very agitated. What am I going to do with my natural aggression and agitation? What am I going to do with it? I can't play five-dimensional chess with Spock for eternity. 
I need to argue with people. I need to have some... I don't know. That's maybe not... (laughs) It does seem that whenever you see, like, sort of uh, visions of utopia where everybody's being, like, you know, really nice to one another, it seems gross. I don't know why that is. But there is a sort of thirst for conflict. And... I've seen it over and over in my life now. I've seen things going just too right and people, you know, mess it up on what seems like on purpose. So do you ever have a friend come to you and go, oh, I'm thinking of doing this thing. Now I know. And they list all the things that are going to happen. And then, but then they go, but, and then they list all the magical things that they imagine are going to happen that we all know won't. And then they go, but I think I'm going to go with that. And they know deep down that, you know, they're headed for a waterfall. But gosh, maybe the you know, the human soul, <laughs> I don't know what it says. It's interesting though, isn't it? I don't know that my life has been particularly safe because I, oh my gosh, I've been very good at self-delusion in the past. I've believed all sorts of inaccurate things about myself. And I probably still do. But the way I gauge it now is I, I, I try not to contradict anybody who loves me. So if you love me and you say, Hardy, you're good at speaking. I'm not going to go around and say I'm not. Because you love me, you probably have a better perspective than I do. Because my, uh, the lens through which I see myself is uh, cloudy. And it has my own reflection in it and all sorts of other stuff. And always there's, an, there's another thing too. Uh, uh, all my behavior from when I was a child, when you're trying to get something from a parent, sometimes you will act out and do a, a little bit of a play about how much anxiety and, uh, and anger this situation is bringing to you and frustration. And that foot stomping is something we carry through into adulthood when there's not even anybody specific that we want to solve the problems except maybe the universe or God. And so, you know, you might do that and say, look how bad I'm hurting, you know, to the, to the universe. And I'm, I hate myself. Don't you see what I'm doing to myself? Um, and while your, your mom might go, oh, please stop. Here's your ice cream. The universe... This doesn't, this is what the universe hears. I'm pretty sure. So they're going, oh, okay, that, that, that one seems to be doing okay. It's still making noise. So they might not hear your lamentations. They, meaning, I don't know what, some plural thing or some singular thing. Oh, so when you show me love or acceptance, I go ahead and take it now. I never used to. Oh, what do they know? What do they know, those who love me? What do they know, those who tell me I have worth? Now, uh, let's say I'm greedy, and I want you to call me a genius or the greatest ever or something like that. Then we might have a problem. So if that's secretly what I want, I'm going to be disappointed. It's never going to be enough. Now, take this cozy room idea. You're in a cozy room, and imagine you're in there. It's small. Like I said, it's not Van Gogh's. And it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller until this cozy room is the size of a coffin. And then it's smaller even than that. It's so small that it has to go inside of you. Now the cozy room is inside of you. Now it's a tiny little thing in your heart. A little cozy room is in you. You're not in the cozy room anymore. Oh, and walk around like that with safety and security in your heart and say, well, that is that really, does that work? No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I have deluded myself benevolently before, or maybe it's not. Let's say you're afraid you're going to die on a plane trip or something. Telling yourself, no, 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 it's not going to happen is not necessarily magical thinking. It might actually be rational. Hi, I'm Hardy White. I like to speak about things I don't know about. I find it very difficult to say I don't know when someone asks me a question. And I've learned to do it. I wish I could not learn to do the second part where I go, but, 
and then I launch into some speech about something I do know. So somebody, a friend wrote me, I haven't written him back, I doubt he's listening, but he wrote me and asked me a Bible question. And I actually did not literally know the answer, but I planned on writing back and just listing all the things I knew about the subject without really answering his question. Because I thought he was asking me to do that, maybe. I don't know, probably not. But I was very unsatisfying to say I do not know. And you do usually need an explanation. Like somebody said, where is Baptist Central Hospital? And I said, I do not know. But let me tell you what I mean by that. I know it. I just, I'm confused about where we are right now. So I, I could tell you the street it's on. They're gone by that time. I remember misdirecting somebody one time to the wrong hospital. I thought they said, I thought they said Baptist Hospital, but they said something else. And I sent them to the wrong one um, altogether. And I was never able to apologize. And I think this happened about six, seven years ago. And I'm still thinking about it. And I'm sure they're not, unless there was a, unless you know they perished because of my bad directions. But I don't feel, gosh, I don't feel guilty because I think if you're really, if you were, life or death was just hanging on some stranger walking down the street knowing how to get to the hospital, the shortest route. That might not be the best plan B or C. Hey, remember me? From that show you liked back when you were young? Uh, Call this number and give us your zip code. Why? I don't know. I'm collecting. I want to see all your zip codes together. And then I'm going to put a map together and think, there's all my friends. I wasn't on any TV show you liked back then. I was on a radio show. That's it. It's fun being a little older now where people can say, I remember you on the radio 20 years ago. They go, wow, that's something. They'll go 24. It's been longer than that. I remember you on the radio 25 years ago, 30 years ago. I go, how about that? And then they'll say something I said 30 years ago. And I'll go, wow, it's weird how that works because I don't remember that. So that was something I gave to you, I guess. And I'm glad you kept it. Um, but I don't have it anymore. And I feel that way a lot about being on the radio. I feel like I've given out things and they're all worthless did you ever, you go, oh, gosh, I go get, go to this party. There's a bunch of kids. I got to find something to give them. And you just start going through drawers. And you say, I'll oh, give them these corn cob holders. I know they're a little sharp, but the kids just like little gifts, little trinkets. You know, to have an uncle that did that and go, here, I got something for you. You go, you did not. You bought too much of this. I have a relative that does that. Here, I bought this for you. So you did not buy me. Three cans of Cremora all wrapped together like that. You brought the, you got it home and you realized it was the wrong thing. Now you're sending it to me. I have a lot of my uh, cousins, uh, you know, whatever. What's the big store where you get the bulk items? Bulk item store purchase mistakes end up with me. Or toys. You'll buy really cheap ones. That, like somebody will demonstrate a toy at a, at a fair or something. And then he can't make it work, and I'll get it, which is nice. And then I have something that doesn't work. I was very susceptible to that as a child when you go to the fair and, and say, how's that fuzzy worm is going between your fingers without you doing anything? And I go, yep, would you like to know how to do it? I'll sell you the secret. I go, well, okay. And they'll give you one of them fuzzy, well, they don't give it. They sell you the fuzzy worm. And I don't want to reveal how to do it because it's really beautiful. It's so elegant and somebody will say it in the comments but all sorts of things like that and gliders that fly around the room come back to you there was a thing there's stuff that you dip a pencil in and you pull the pencil up and it's all psychedelic i guess it's lsd i don't know but and and i wanted that i go oh i'm gonna make the swirly pencils i don't know if i could make it work but things like that were demonstrated they used to be demonstrated because you didn't know why you wanted the thing necessarily. Go, what does that do? Let me show you how it works. There was things in the mall they demonstrate that there's no way you'd buy it. Like, how about how about this massage chair? You go, this is fantastic. What's this run? You go, oh, $80,000 or something. I go, I'm, I'm good. They finally switched to just put a coin in it. We'll just buy one for the mall.
people aren't going to buy these. They're going to take the the high end recliner uh, market by storm because we got these. They they even got little rockets under them. You can use them to fly around, fly around your recliner. That'd be nice. That's something they did in the seventies. They were really trying to go. How can we turn these these lazy boy recliners into jet packs, little jet chairs, so that you could you could buzz around, maybe even go to the you know go shopping in them. <clears throat> Imagine parking it. You park your flying massage jet chair next to one in the mall, and, and you get in there. Go, you're stealing that. And you go, I'm not. I, I'm. It's mine. Uh, when does that happen? I'm at the golf course or something. You is that your golf cart? Yes. Can't you tell? It's 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 sh- it's a novelty golf cart. It's shaped like the Flintstones car, or something, or a hamburger. It clearly does not belong to the country club. I brought it. Same with my bowling ball. Why would one of your bowling balls have a skull in it? Mine's a mystery man homage. So, uh, that doesn't happen very often. Sometimes I'll bring, um, uh, I'll bring a shopping bag to the, have you ever done that? Brought a shopping bag to the store, and it's one the kind that they sell, and then you get thrown in jail. Because they go, That's, you stole that. No, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. It will. These are all things that go through my head. And they're all, a lot of them are primary reasons I don't go out. Because there's all these things that could go wrong. I think if, it happen, if it's happened once, it'll happen again. If it's happened a bunch, it's probably all done. But let's say, you know, they're arresting people for having um, shopping bags that have the name of the grocery store on it. I know they're not. But if they got up to maybe, you know, 100 arrests, I'd go, oh, it's probably over. So now I can go. This is probably that trend of doing that's probably gone. I don't know. I have very, my critical reasoning skills are not great. And going back to school doesn't do anything for that, I don't think. And you'd think that life would teach you that. But, oh, people just don't get lessons. I've seen it. I've seen things say, oh, they're going to learn. They'll put that hand on that stove and they'll learn. You'd be so surprised. You'd be so surprised how many people are walking around metaphorically with this singed, with their hands completely singed off from just keeping putting them on the burner or, you know. It's amazing to me. And, um,. I wonder what that is. Maybe that's because you don't have a cozy little room in your heart. Maybe there's some uh, just overall feeling of of not being of belonging or accepting. And I'll tell you what, if I can disabuse you of that, I would love to do that. If I can make you feel loved or accepted or just okay, you know? I mean, what if it is just everybody else. <laughs> what if you what if you are the only normal sane person? It really is everybody else's problem. It might very well be. So um, the, there's no reason to to not feel uh, loved. Oh my gosh. I don't mind if you don't feel special. That's good. I don't feel like the, the king of everything. Okay, that's good probably, because then you wouldn't be sitting here with me on the bench outside of the grocery store talking about life and looking at the cars and commenting on things. Oh, back when I was young, I saw the world differently. Everybody's knees were my peers. I looked into the legs of, of my ancestors, and what did I see? I saw all the marks of age. I was fortunate enough to grow around, around a lot of older people and even elderly people. And so that was not, nothing was kept from me. None of the secrets of life, none of life's strange bargains were a mystery to me. Since I saw the aging process, not just the physical aging process, but I saw people come to terms with their ordinariness. I saw people come to terms with uh, the lack of being able to achieve their desires or their wants. A feeling of loneliness in some, a feeling of resignation in others, a feeling of triumph in some, 
a feeling of failure in others. Oh, I saw it all. I saw old people, some with wisdom, some you thought, how do you go that long without any wisdom? That's almost an accomplishment in and of itself. I've known people in school like that. I go, how'd you, you were in class every day I was. How'd you learn nothing? That's a, that's a feat. I did that with some things, you know, but it took active, actively distracting myself. I had to really actively push back against the information. I'm too bad it was math because a lot of the other stuff I was pretty engaged with. Um, some stuff was interesting to me in school. Others was not, was not. The things that were not were the things that made me, made my eyes roll back in my head and just, and my head hit the desk. And I had no control over that. I just felt it. Man, I would feel that in, uh, in, in, in certain classes where you just feel overwhelmed with, uh, lethargy and, and, and you're just so tired. You go, what are they saying? I don't know. Oh, I'm trying. And then they have to, your mom has to come in and go, he's not really working up to his full potential. And you go, what is that? And my mom would go, maybe he's not, you know, he's, maybe he's not as smart as you think he is. Like, you're putting a lot of pressure on him. <laughs> can't, you just, can't you just let him whittle or something? That would be nice. And so I'd be do good. If you could let me whittle, I would all make you all sorts of things that, to hold all those pencils that you're doing the math with. I can still contribute without doing the problems. I mean, I can take care of a lot of those problems with that chalkboard because I know it's kind of wobbly on the end. I'd shore that thing up. Just let me do that. Let me be the caretaker for the math class or something. I always felt like that. I'm going, oh, no, you're left out. But I think I would... I think everybody at a university should be a professor, even if what they do is like clean the bathrooms. You're a professor of bathroom cleaning. The better you are, I mean, if you've been doing it for 20 years and you know all the tricks and maybe can do, even do a little plumbing, that at the least you're like an assistant professor, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Treat all professions as, as noble. People spend a lot of time learning how to do things things that you couldn't do. So even people need more credit for that, for sticking to stuff. I love that. I love people have skills. And man, I, you know, doing, doing something for a long time can make up for a lot. That's, it's, it's happened to me. You're, you're listening to it. So you're not that great on the radio. Let me tell you something. When I was in school, I was on the bowling team. Now, thank goodness it was a handicap bowling league, which means that you got extra points so that good bowlers can bowl with bad bowlers. So let's say I have a 120 average. I'm bowling with somebody who has a 180 average. They spot me some points so that I can compete with a better bowler. And I was on that team, and I started as somebody who liked it, had grown up bowling, and was terrible at it and not getting any better. But I was on a team now. And I was going to try. And so I practiced as hard as I could. And I never got great, but I got better. And then I got the award at the end of the year for the most improved. I think it was actually supposed to be an insult or something because the coach didn't like me. And he was always trying to destroy my sense of self-worth. And that not? Teachers used to do that. Um, but I, I was sort of proud of that. Because I said, yes, I tried hard. I am the most improved. And I'm still not great. But if you heard me at the beginning of my radio attempts, and then now, I like the earlier stuff better. And then now, he's going. Okay. And then now, I think that I have learned a lot. And maybe, maybe I haven't. But after years and years of that, I'm better than I was, and I, I give myself credit for that. If I was, I always think about it as baseball. There's lots of people in baseball. There's a lot of professional baseball players. There's a lot of famous, really good ones. And then there's everybody else. And there's some people who stay on the team in a, in a you know, not who aren't terrible, but are just, you know, barely bad. There's always the worst person. 
And it doesn't mean they're terrible. They still are there and not in the minors. So, you know, I always feel like that. I go, man, if you're in the game, if I've done something, worked hard at it, you might be at the absolute top of your game. You know, everything else can be luck, too. You know, I have a lot of friends who are artists, and many are disappointed. They always seem to be in some constant state of disappointment. But I don't understand that because it is absolutely a crazy type of thing to get uh, noticed for, to get the claim for, to get celebrated for. And there doesn't seem a lot of times to be any rhyme or reason to it about even who can make a, a living. And uh, so I, I understand that completely. But why don't we, in secret, right now, give ourselves an award. Hey friends, all my friends out there, folks, all my beautiful siblings, all people of all types and stripes and uh, identities, I welcome you here today to the first annual, I may have done this before, the first annual, but not on a regular basis, awards for achievement in life. If you are currently alive, you are eligible. Also, people who are recently dead are eligible because I do not know how long consciousness lingers. I wonder, there are, I suspect there are people who have died during my show. So I've had, I knew I had some listeners that would listen to my show. Some of them were uh, not in great health and uh, they would use the show to help them get to sleep. And I often wonder if they used it the last time. The final time, you know, that that would be, that's my dream. I'd love that. I mean, if it just happened naturally, don't plan it. I wouldn't mind, you know, if the last thing was my voice going, you're loved, oh, big hug, there's a comfy room inside of you. I don't think that would be too, uh, that would be too bad. I'd be a, a inadvertent psychopomp. I wouldn't mind doing that. Inadvertent radio psychopomp. Hardy White, your friendly guide. You don't want to see somebody intimidating when you die. You get to that, oh, who wants to? It's just me. It's good. It's that. Isn't that a good feeling? It's your favorite. It's your favorite Kroger bag, bag boy or something. Is who you see. That'd, that'd be okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, do they have people bagging groceries anymore? I don't know. I do it. Then now they make the. Sometimes they'll make the person checking the other cashier do it too. Pretty soon they're going to be, there's just going to be one job. They'll be doing everything. Yep, just one, just me working today. Um, and the robots and the robot crew over there, they're all crushing all the tomatoes with their, having adjusted their robot hands. Oh, I love being with you. Don't you like it? I have control of your radio. This freaks me out. It freaks me out a little bit. And, uh, and, and and it's no small thing. I understand this. I go, oh, here's, here's, uh, all right, Hart, are you ready? I think I'm ready. We're going to give you a microphone. I understand this. On the other end of the microphone are lots of people. All right, all right. But you don't know who they are. And you don't know what state of mind they are in. Okay. Or what they're doing. All right. Whether they're angry or joyous. Okay. I, I've got that. And you're about to talk to them. You're going to talk to them now, and they're turning on that radio, and they have expectations. Maybe they turn on the radio, and they expect some music. They want to be soothed, and they hear you yelling. Okay, so I shouldn't yell. Yes, but maybe if you don't yell, that'll disappoint them. Maybe they're waiting for yelling. Maybe they turn that radio on, and they want to hear something that's going to excite them. They want to get uh, exuberant. They want to get fired up. They want to get their heart racing and pumping. They want to get uh, uh, motivated. They want to get inspired, Spiro, to breathe. That's what that means, to breathe. Inspired. I'm breathing, I'm breathing into you. I've, I had a mint and I brushed. But I'm going to breathe something into you. And then that is a sort of nourishment that is beyond food. That is miracle nutrition. And my goal in my life is to provide something that is beyond mere food. 
beyond the kind of material sustenance that we need. What we need, in addition to that, in addition to, to de delicious vegetable wraps, we need our hearts tended to and fed. And we need, at the very least, tenderness and kindness. You know, love can be too much even and a burden to some. What I offer you is the absence of cruelty, the absence of expectations. I won't ask anything of you. I won't demand anything of you. I will sit in silence with you if you'd like. I won't make you hear. I won't force you to understand something. If we were sitting here and you were grieving, I might treat you just the same if you were celebrating. Just being together. Just in the moment. Giving you that. That sustenance. Oh, you don't know how many people need it. And also, well, is that all you do? No, because the absurdity is part of it. It is important to have silliness. Silliness is the key to the entire universe and the way everything works. All the weird data and chaos of this show is the template of the universe. This is how it works. We are in this wonderful chaotic system. You're soaking in it. You can't see all of it. It's happening to you. You don't see where it's coming from. Ghosts are tapping you on the shoulder. Things are bumping into you in the dark. It's wonderful. You are interacting with an invisible world, with an invisible world that is unbelievably full of things. And, oh my goodness, if I can grab some through, I'm going to stick my hand through the... We see this in movies now, but I'm going to stick my hand into another universe and pull something back. <gasps> look, it's Benedict Cumberbatch's nose, just his nose. But look, his nose has little glasses on it, and it's going to sing a song about congestion. Oh, I'm Benedict Cumberbatch's nose in the good... <laughs> I've seen that on ads. <laughs> Excuse me, I made myself choke now. I didn't, my, my mucus did not know it was going to be brought into the act. So, oh, I didn't know you needed us. They've even, hey, there's even been a cartoon of mucus. That's where we are now. Everything has been made into a little cartoon character, even body fluids and everything. It's horrifying, but I think we're all, I feel like we're done. Don't you feel like everything's, so, oh, everything's been done. I know they felt like that a long time ago, but now, now it has. Now it really has. Everything has been done or made into a cartoon or pretty much everything. We're on the, I don't about 10th time through doing it. It's just like the Matrix. What time? To, oh, this is the, like the 100th time through the same thing. I guarantee it. <clears throat> I know it. Now, we have visited now for many years. And uh, we have developed a sort of relationship. I know that because you, uh, you write my name down on, on LinkedIn. So, but I, don't, I can't help you. I can't help you with your job. I'm sorry. I don't do anything. So I'm not a good reference. So, oh, I'm going to network with Hardy. That's fine. But it's just, it's just neutral. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm, run, I'm doing some new wiring on my pickups, and one of them I'm going to wire through uh, another wire. Yeah, nothing will happen. But uh, that's fine. Oh, I tell you what. I have come to believe that the human voice, and not just the physical voice, that could be anything, the written word or a symbol or something like that, just if you put your finger on the side of your nose and nod like that, give somebody the high sign, that communication. Oh, the potential in that. That's sacred. Oh, how sacred. We're able to sort of get inside other people's heads a little bit and generate not just uh, thoughts, but often emotions. Now, I've never seen anything, any power so abused. You know, it's like when those, uh, uh, those shows where somebody gets a superpower and some of them abuse it. Well, you all have a superpower and a lot of people abuse it. You have the power to ruin someone's day. 
You have the power to wreck somebody emotionally. You have the power to hurt somebody. You have the power to destroy people. You do. And you don't always see the result of that power immediately, do you? So let's say I want to hurt you. So I say some insults to you and I think it didn't work. Right? I say, I say some really personal cutting things to you because you've hurt me. So I strike back and I think it didn't work. I go, what if there's, oh, it didn't even, they don't even care. But what if it did work? And what if it hurt you deeply? What if it hurt you irrevocably? What if it really, really, really wrecked you? Now, what if I also had that same power to generate joy or happiness or love? So I say something to you that's loving or encouraging or joyful. And then I think, well, that didn't work. No, nothing happened. Just the same way. Because you just can't see it all the time. You can't see the result of your power. So I have to take this on faith. To know that when I send out my negative stuff, and when I want to hurt, I probably am hurting. And when I send out positive things, I may very well be helping. Now, that's a good thing that I don't know often. What if I went around and I'm sending out these good things and I kept getting rewarded for it and everything? Oh, how puffed up I'd get. How I would start thinking I was important. That everybody didn't have this power. I have it alone or I have more of it. Ah, Hardy White, I'm able to bring joy where others can't. Well, that's nonsense. It's the same as everybody else. Really, you know, maybe I'm talking more, have a more opportunity. If you hear my voice, then yes, I have more opportunities to cast spells. But if someone else had equal access to your ears, so would they. So would they. So would they. And you have that power with me. Oh, we're equal. People think that with performers a lot of times, you know, when they, they insult them. I had someone, bless their heart, I'm sure a good person who's, a lot of people are drunk and they say things they don't mean. And I just assume that because, you know, there's, it, I, I don't know. Most people do stupid things, aren't wicked. <laughs> you know, they're just hurting, you know, and you got to watch them hurt. But somebody said some stuff about me and they said, oh, I didn't know he's a real person. And I think that we say that to ourselves sometimes. So well, that's not a real person. Or that, that, that performer, they're, they're used to getting, they should be used to getting that kind of nonsense said to them. Or they, oh, they make a lot of money and the money will make up for the emotional abuse. Well, maybe. And maybe not, you know. Uh, you really don't know someone's lot you don't know what other people are really going through and you can't tell by their material worth or anything like that or so-called success and uh, if you really want power know that you already probably already have it now go and exercise it a little bit now we feel bad we go i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna wreck everybody's day that's okay i've felt like that you know i'm just gonna go and i'm just gonna be such a pill as my mother would say i won't be a pill everybody and maybe I'll feel a little better if they all if the if they can share in my misery but why don't you try now you won't maybe you won't just go out and be the opposite now I'm not saying you're going to be rewarded maybe a lot of times you'll get the the just the opposite thing will happen and somebody will oh you'll be punished for your kindness that happens too but that doesn't mean that it isn't working it sure doesn't mean that it isn't working I've seen the even the in the superhero movies. If somebody goes out, um, uh, Spider-Man can save somebody and still get hurt. So you can help somebody with your kindness and your compassion and your patience and still be hurt. It isn't armor, you know. So it's not armor. There might there might be no armor. The only armor I can think of is that little tiny, cozy space inside my heart. I wear my armor on the inside. 
I feel everything. And then I, I, the only thing that's protected is my soul. Because I know my body and everything's going to break down and my mind will break down and I'll say all sorts of insane things maybe. Oh, I've seen it in people I love. Oh, everything comes apart. Everything goes to chaos. Everything starts shooting out in all directions. Things fall off of you. You know, and you're including memories. They all fall off of you. They get old. Stuff starts growing on you and growing in you. And I've watched it happen. And so I plug my soul into the greater greatness of things and understand I'm along on some weird decaying flesh ball on some sort of wonderful ride. And I'm going to, I recognize you in there. I see you're in one of these flesh balls too. You, it's me. It's me, you. I'm in one of these too. We're trapped in these things. Isn't this crazy? But I, I recognize myself over there. I recognize myself in you, my friend. I recognize myself in you, little doggy. I recognize myself in you, birdie. I recognize myself in you, frog and tree, tree. I recognize myself in you. Look at you, you just me over there. Wearing something different. Having a different physical experience. I recognize that. I recognize the way that you're interacting with the environment, the way that you're longing to survive, the way you're uh, uh, craving sustenance. That's me. That's so me. Right? Everybody's thinking that. The tree's thinking, that's so me. That's so tree. That's so, that's so dog. That's so raven. Arr, says the raven. Never more. I apologize for that. That I don't want to. I don't want to make jokes. I do though. I don't. I only want to make jokes. And really, what, what the what the show is 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 very clear that I have about four of them, and then I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. The setups are just gonna be 15 minutes each. Each for each joke setup. And then that's why you want to stick around. Did you stick around? I didn't. I just was. I got about halfway through the setup, and I was like, I gotta get out of here. That's good too. If I can, what if I could drive you into experience in the open? I got. I was listening to the radio and I thought I got to get out of the house. So that would be wonderful too. You know, you never know. I mean, if my intentions are that I want to help you, take it for whatever you were. You know, let let's say you you get an item, and you say I I, I wanted to buy you something you need, and I buy you this beautiful paperweight, and you don't like it, so you use it as a hammer. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. You needed a hammer more than you needed a paperweight. I still gave you something that you could use. If I give you my words in this show, I might not give you what you expected, but I might give you something else that you can use. I can't imagine what that would be. Well, it happens. I could say I could tell from the comment board because I'll say something and then they'll start talking about that. Because I will have said something that had information, either wrong information or correct information. And then they'll talk about the information for a while. So I imagine, I don't know what I said specifically in the beginning of the show, but I imagine y'all are still talking about it, going through, sharing your experiences with it. That brings me joy. That brings me great joy and, and satisfaction. Or it brings me the... Some things that don't bring me joy bring me the absence of self-loathing, which I will take. I'll take that. Any any seat. And if I really want to see the play, I don't care where the seat is in the theater. Although, I went to see some kabuki in Kyoto. I really like kabuki. I like it unironically. And um, this was different. It was a short kabuki, and I've mentioned this before. And... Um, the Vocaloid, what's her name? Hattori, uh, I forget. The vo- you know, the not a real person. The singer, she's not real. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. She's a, vocal- she's a computer. She- anyway, she was projected on there, and there was real kabubi- kab- kabubi- kabuki actors um, doing. That's my character, Kabubi. It's my new cartoon character from the 70s who's a kabuki actor but he's 
he's really silly and stupid and he solves mysteries. Kabooby! Oh! Clank, clank, clank. Um, so I was in this theater, and the theater is from, the, I think, the 1920s. I mean, there's been a kabuki theater there for a billion, million years, but the one I was in from the 20s, and the seats we got were way up in the back, way up high, and the chairs were impossibly small. You know, as I was walking to my seat, I was going, does that look small because it's far away? Or is it just, are the chairs getting tinier? So by the time I got in the row, is one of these things that my knees wouldn't really fit. And they were kind of pressing up against the chair in front of me. And the sad thing is, would you ever have seats like that? And you're looking around and you go, God, there's so many empty seats. Why did they sell me these horrible ones? I must have said something on the phone that sounded like I was insulting them. So uh, I, I sat, and that was a little uncomfortable. So I can't say that like any seat because I was really focused on being physically uncomfortable a lot of the time, which I liked. I, sometimes I like that. Not on long plane trips or something, but sometimes I like to be put in positions that are uncomfortable in, in a bunch of different ways. Otherwise, I won't grow. What is like that? What needs, what needs to be made uncomfortable to grow? Some kudzu? I don't know. Nothing good. <laughs> Probably nothing good. But a lot of the, all the, the precious things need, you know, need not a harsh environment. But some things thrive with a little, a little stress. I might be like that. I don't know. I don't know my, I won't know myself maybe ever. But I'm trying to do no harm or very little harm because I, I, uh, I've done so much on purpose, and I think if I can just cut out the on-purpose harm, you know, the careless emotions, the being cruel because I'm frustrated or fearful, I'm just, I'm so full of fear, uh, and I know most people are, and sometimes it's fear of other people, sometimes it's fear of death, sometimes it's fear of their death, sometimes it's fear of, of sickness, oh, it just varies, and um uh, Sometimes it's fear of being rejected. Oh, my goodness. But they all lurk, and they can all change me into somebody I don't want to be. And so what I try to do is I try to uh, take a deep breath and uh, believe you when you tell me that you love me or you need me. And I've been told that. And I, um, I tell myself, you don't have to be told that all the time. Take that. That was given to you. Let's say that you were made um, the princess of, of, um, of, you know, Bologna, Porcorolia, <laughs> Taylor Hamia. They don't do that all the time. They just have to do that once. You get coronated, <clears throat> and then you're the prince or princess of, of Porcorolia. That You don't have to do it every day. You understand what I'm saying? So... You, have you been loved or accepted? Take it as a, a given, a permanent thing. I know I'm lovable because I've been loved. I've told I have worth, so I have worth. There you go. I'm going to believe you. And I certainly don't, I, I certainly believe people that I interact with more than total strangers. And it's hard, right? You know, you get insults from a total stranger or something. And it's hard not to take that. I know, right? You just go, why am I putting more, uh, you know, uh, validate? I don't know what's the word I want. Why am I taking that more seriously, coming from a stranger, than I would with somebody who knows me better? And uh, I don't know. And that's just a little bit of a need for conflict we have. But if you want somebody who just uh, thinks you're great and maybe just like a, like a grandfather would, and uh, I don't mind to be thought that way. See, a lot of things, well, older people just think, well, they, don't, they have a little less power, so they're a little less threatening. That's fine. If you want to think, you know, think I'm not threatening, I do not need to be thought threatening. I really don't. You know, I don't feel vulnerable just being myself. And I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm physically strong enough that where if a very tiny, it to be a really small monkey attacked me, I'd be able to defend myself a little bit. Or a toddler. If a toddler came after me, I'd get out, I could get out of the way. 
So uh, um, I'm confident of that. I wouldn't even have to hurt the toddler because of my superior. I'm so f much faster. I've even, even with my arthritic foot, uh, I've been able to, to outrun a lot of new walkers. People are just discovering walking. So that's great. And I give myself credit for that. And I give myself a little treat. Like Agent Dale Cooper says, every day give yourself a little present. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, remember whose side you're on. You're on your side. So always remember that. The, uh, don't, don't be, you know, don't take it out on you. You know, if you need uh, a cheese sandwich or something, you get that right now. Make it a priority. And I'll try to advocate for you. And I'll try to be there for you, friend. Oh, I will try to be there. That's what I say when I'm invited. Anyway. I'll try to be there. Probably won't. I don't know. I might be there. I'll try to be there. I, I usually don't. I, there's one thing I always look for. Um, is if they list other people I know who'll be there, then I'll probably be there. I don't have to know everybody at your party. Just two. Two people, maybe. Two other people. And then I'll feel comfortable then to meet people. If everyone's a stranger, I'm not sure what to do ever. So uh, I get a little, I get a little nervous, and it doesn't take much to get me nervous. I realize that maybe that's it. Help you say, well, I'm not him. I'm not Hardy. That's how I get through the day. Well, at least I'm not Hardy. If that's what it takes, oh my goodness, I like hearing my name. So you just keep doing that. Not Hardy White. Keep saying it. Keep telling your friends. I'm, I got all my friends listening to your show. When people say that to me, that's so exciting. I got my friends listening. It makes me nervous. So I'm, I'm, I got my friends because they never follow up and say their friends liked it. They go, I got my friends to listen to your show. Okay. Don't say anything else. And they loved it. The end. That's what I'm hoping. So, and the people know better. A couple times people have inadvertently, not people have meant to harm him, they go like, yeah, I love your show. My friend, it's not his cuppa. They'll be like, oh, okay. And it's so fun. It's such a prodigal son kind of thing, isn't it? You always, um, fixated on that person who doesn't like me. I've never been, it's hard to get over that. I don't know if there's any level where you ever, that's how powerful that, that power is. You don't, have to, you don't have to know a person to get in their head and mess with them and wreck their day. You, you shouldn't want to use that, right? If you have any kindness in you, in you at all, please go a day without that. It can be more harmful than you think. You think, oh, our people should be able to be to, to deal with that and not be snow peppers or whatever they are. Well, I don't know. But all, all I know is that, you know, if you are a good person or a kind person, well, why, would, why would you want to just, uh, you know, with, with a willy-nilly, harm you know if i if i had to if i was going to uh, be there to if i had to harm to punish i'd make sure i was there to repair it at the end because it's still like lots to do oh my friends thank you for being with me i hope i didn't uh i hope i i made you a little bit happier or made you think about something or made you not think about it. I didn't want you to think about anything. I failed again. Oh my gosh. I'm not, I don't know how, why am I not learning how to do this better? I should probably, I'm going to go practice. And I'm practicing about 10, 20, 30 years. I'll be better at it. I promise. I'm so thankful for you. And I mean it. Can you hear it? I really mean it. You, uh, all of you, knowing you all out there in this relationship we have over the radio is tremendously important to me, and I hope it is to you. It's really nice being able to know that there are other kind souls out there, lots of them, lots of kind people, and who are, who are amazing thinkers and doers, and who are wor and a lot of times they're doing their best, and that's what counts. They're trying. They're trying, and they're getting things right, and they're getting things wrong, but it's the heart, their heart and their character so strong. I know there's so many good, salt-of-the-earth kind people. I'm just letting you know that so you can have hope. Thank you for listening. This is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County, and New York City, New York, and online, WFMU.org. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you again next week.
Twins name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. Twins name was Ebony. 